The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Okay, coming up uh, 2.34 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. You know what? We talk about scams a lot on this show, and oftentimes it's scams directed at a person. But scammers like to scam businesses, too, and there's a number of them making the rounds to talk about that, how to deal with and how to deal with bad customers. I love this one, too. We're joined by consumer expert and former global Edmonton troubleshooter, Julie Matthews. Hi, Julie. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Good. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Just okay. All right. So when we started talking about this, and it was it was interesting. You were firing me off information about um, these these scams that are kind of hitting uh, businesses now. And there was this check one that this contractor was involved with. What that, what's that all about? Yeah, well, we've talked about the what they call the overpayment scam before, mm. affecting, like, let's say you were trying to sell your car on Kijiji. Someone might send you a check for twice the amount and say, well, keep that, and then just wire the rest to my uncle. <laughs> and really, the check turns out to be fake. <laughs> and now you've cashed a fake check. The bank can go after you, and yeah. now you're out that other extra money that you sent to his uncle. Well, they're actually doing the same thing with businesses, too. I just can't believe someone falls for that. But you know what? And, and, and I know, and I, I, I shouldn't can't believe... say that. I shouldn't say that because that's part of this conversation all the time. But how, how come banks know the second you're overdraft, they know <laughs> everything about your account. The second you use your visa in the Dominican Republic, they know in Toronto <laughs> that you just did, but they don't know the check is fake. Okay, so with this particular case, which happens a lot, the check itself was real, stolen from a real company with real numbers. The amount was altered and who it was given to mm. was altered. Okay. So because it checks out as real, sometimes they say with if if the scammers really know what they're doing, it can take like 30 days now uh, to catch a really good fake check. So, to so speak, it's, a, it's right? a legitimate check from a legitimate account that has enough money to cover the check. But the business didn't issue the check. Yeah, in some cases, yeah. that's what they do. Okay. Yeah, or they'll alter, they'll steal blank checks, and you know that sort of thing. So in mm. this particular case, a renovator um, in the Edmonton area who does deal with a lot of out of town mm-hmm. and out of province clients received a request for a quote for a basement reno. Um, I'm really proud of this contractor. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of great checking and trusted his gut, but I don't know if I would have been suspicious right away. So he received a copy of a floor plan. Um, and was asked to give a quote on it. In your neighborhood. And he actually drove by the address and saw that the floor plan did not match the house that he was looking at. He then saw the house was for sale, so he called the realtor. The realtor Hmm. told him that a lot of contractors had been calling for the exact same reason, and guess what? The basement was completely done, was completely developed. There was no need for it to actually be um, completed. So it was a scammer who was trying to um, get him to take the next step. So he decided, I'm going to string them along. (laughs) So he then played along and sent them a quote. They did the overpayment scam. They said, okay, you want 15000 I'm going to send you a check for 20000 You keep fifteen for yourself, and please send 5000 to this company who's going to buy all the furniture for our new home. Why, again, <laughs> would anyone who's in business fall for that? 
Bill, it's a tough market out there. It's a tough economy. Imagine if you really needed that job. I mean, $15,000, right? And if you're used to doing business with people out of province, maybe... Maybe mm-hmm. they say the right things when you ask the yeah. right questions. But I'm proud of this contractor, sure. you know, for going by the house, calling the realtor, you know, double checking the phone number. He ran it online on Google and realized the guy said he was from Arizona, but the area code came back to New York. Like sim- three little simple things he did that saved him, right? And could save anyone yeah. else listening, really. See, we always talk about how clever these scammers are, but then they make stupid mistakes like that. The mm-hmm. wrong area code or the wrong floor plan because you could easily get the right floor plan for that house yeah and it would make more sense that wouldn't have been a red flag to the contractor at all no and they even the scammers will sometimes go online and find the photos that they might be using on mls for that real house and if they were really smart they could have tried that Hmm. right and we've seen them do that um and then maybe the contractor might not have been as suspicious so Hmm. businesses do hear that a lot and then we've talked about like fake invoice scams well i get a ton of those this was interesting though too because when you think about like remember this happened at McEwen, right Mm -hmm. and they have millions of dollars millions yeah, and that one, in some cases, it's an actual fake invoice. In that one, it was an email that was sent to lower, sort of lower yeah. staff members with bank change information for their one of their key vendors. Like, hey, um, you know, we've changed banks. Please send the payment to this account now instead. Um, you know, McEwen has been able to recover most of the money, yeah. which is so amazing. And they've talked very publicly about the changes that they've made and advised other businesses to make. You know, make sure you're having that vendor verification process and be very specific and make sure that staff know to double check with a boss or a manager as to are we sure that bank account information has changed maybe we should call the vendor and double check you know it's interesting how much work and research some of these scammers put in and it can happen in any way we received a request for a deposit on an act for this year's comedy festival and i just didn't recognize the agent and i know who his agent is So I just wrote to the agent, he has no idea what that is. So he actually looked into it thinking, well, maybe he got a new agent. The agent was worried he (laughs) lost his client. But somebody must have gone to our site, looked at who was there, figured out, I guess, because the deposit would be about right. It was close to half Hmm. and invoiced us. But we're small enough of an organization that it didn't get caught in any kind of, you know, chain of command or anything. I saw the invoice and thought, geez, did he get a new agent? And that was it. So I don't know what to do with that now. So wait, can I ask you that? What do, what do the contractor do? What do I do? Well, do I tell somebody? Do you believe, so do you believe it's coming from, do you believe they hacked his account or? It just came from a fictitious uh, agency. It doesn't exist. Okay. Okay, but the person exists that they're claiming to represent. Yes, and he is coming to the festival. And did you warn him that they might be using his profile or his The agent knows that now. Okay, so then they know about that. The only other thing you can do, I'd say, is report it to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre because they do, again, flag, like we've talked about before, flag phone numbers, dating profiles, email addresses, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess, you know, the thing that struck me about it was, so... Now you're going to festival websites? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, you could understand a contractor, you could understand some of these other scams you've heard before, the CRA, all those uh, types but, of scams. But now they're going to a festival? Yeah, but why not? Because they know there's money, there's entertainment, there's entertainers being come in, th- that are coming in that would probably make at least a few thousand bucks. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they I, I don't think, you know, for some of them, they want uh, the big hit, but, you know, 
these guys that call all the time, it's little after little after little after little, and that adds up. And you know what? There was that same urgency that you often see in these emails, right? With the CRA, it's, you know, we've started an investigation, the police are on the way to your house, that kind of thing. With this, it was like, if we don't receive this within 24 hours, that was the other thing that struck me. Agents don't talk to festivals that way, but he, it was pay within 24 hours or he's not going to be available for your festival. Mm -hmm. And that's, and it didn't go to me, it went to Carol. So, Again, they went to the website, looked at the contact page, figured out who was coming, who probably pays the bills, and <laughs> sent an email. But the first thing Carol did was pass it over to me. If yeah. only they could use their powers for good. That's what I thought, yeah. too. Like, I like this guy. Like, he's efficient. <laughs> he's thorough. You know, did you want to maybe get a legitimate job? Right. Three emails today at work, and I don't know if you received them, but three emails today, um, again, it, you just delete them, delete them, delete them. But, hey, um, you, um, I, I want to donate to you or whatever, yep. or here's a donation for you, or, hey, here's a... And I'm like, really? Like, guys, I you got to come up with something better than I that. I constantly get invoices for our website, whether it's the name registration, hosting, yeah. or design, and none of those mm. are legitimate. I get them, honestly probably about once a week mm -hmm. and then you know you block them and then a new email pops how up any of them like oh how, there, how there's like millions of scammers out there oh yeah yeah whole countries of them yeah. in some cases right like warehouses full of these boiler room operations where they've got a stack of files and all they do is go through them you know one this one is romance scammers this one is you know the the text scam support yeah. i'm calling from microsoft yeah. you know those sorts of things and i'm they're all i think it's like we're one big focus group like we're a bunch of guinea pigs and they just have <laughs> someone comes up with a new idea and they send it out there and then they wait to see if it works and where does it work maybe this one works better in canada yeah. maybe this one works better in the U.S., you know, and I think they really do monitor that, and so they're always looking for new spins on old scams. Okay, Jules, what's this uh, Yellow Pages scam? So it kind of goes along with the fake invoice, but uh, Yellow Pages scams, 411, um, they used to be really common, but we still see them with businesses now at the online shift. So a business will, uh, a person will call the business and say, hey, just calling to confirm your information and the ad that you've placed with us and making sure that you want to renew it. And they will use variations on Yellow Pages' name, 411's name <laughs> with an extra dot, or maybe it's dot something else, like it's a China website. Yep. a Chinese website instead of being Canadian. Um, and they're looking to get your personal information, your financial information. Um, they might try to access your accounts in some way. Oh, well, we just want to verify your, your credit card, <laughs> um, things like that. Or they'll send you an invoice. And again, they'll, they'll use the logo. They steal the logos from legitimate organizations. And they'll try and see if you'll pay it. My husband had that happen at his business. And they called, they called his staff and the staff's like, like, oh, sure, yeah, we advertise with them without thinking, right? Without without thinking because mm. of the names sound yeah. the same as the as the directories or yeah. the websites that they normally advertise with. And then, uh, surprise. Your husband must be like, do you know who my wife is? <laughs> <laughs> you can't win this. You can't win this. All right, let's take a quick break here with uh, consumer expert Julie Matthews. On the other side of this, want to talk about bad customers. We often hear about, you know, bad service in, in in, in in businesses or maybe dealing with bad businesses, but we're gonna turn turn the page on it, turn it over a little bit, talk about bad customers. Are you one, Chedville? Could you be considered a bad customer? Have you had anyone break up with you? Would love to hear about it.
248, Julie Matthews joining us in studio this afternoon as we were talking about some of the scams at the Target businesses out there. And it's great to hear from you, Chedville, as well at 630-630. You guys saying, come on, why can't some tech guy right. come up with something to send it yep. back to the scammer so we can scam them? Um, the or best we can that get I've, back at them, sure. I guess. I mean, I like taking those uh, telephone calls and keeping them on the mm-hmm. line as long as possible. I like wasting their day. And I often think that how many, how many ever minutes they spend on the phone with me is minutes they're not spending scamming somebody else. Yeah. So I quite enjoy it. I've okay. got nothing better to do in the morning. I <laughs> uh, wanted to talk about um, bad customers. Um, and, and, and Julie, I guess to start with, how would one recognize a bad customer? What is a bad customer? Well, I'm sure it depends a little bit on the business, but there's some really big red flags. Let's talk about the one that's um, contacts you way too often. Mm. So I don't care what business you're in. If you have a client that's contacting you every day, every hour, every week, whatever it might be, um, that's a bit of a red flag. A need, um, needy customer. Needy. Too needy. <laughs> like, you know, I believe that the communication is important, but mm-hmm. there's there's a fine line there. Um, they Sometimes they'll actually boast about all the companies that they've been through. Like, oh, I've had, mm. I've hired so many many contractors and none of them were up to par. That's maybe a bit of a red Mm. flag. A lot of uh, indecisiveness, uh, changing their mind, especially afterwards. Um, Change orders are common with a big project and that's fine. Um, But contractors will start to recognize when this is maybe taking it to a bit of an excessive level. Your staff complains about them or you find that they're abusive to your staff. So they're reaching out to your company and your staff's like, oh, we hate dealing with that person. Mm. You know, those are... those are big red flags. And sometimes you really just do have to let these people go. I mean, not being able to reach them is another one or obviously payment. Yeah. You know, if they're coming up with excuses, they need to make payment plans. Obviously, there's legitimate reasons why people might need to do that. But all of these red flags together, you might need to think but again. There is a reason to get rid of bad customers like the ones you're describing, though, because it would impact your business. Your resources are being spent with a customer who is using up too much of your staff's time, basically. Well, they say in a lot of industries that 80% of your business comes from 20% of your customers, and you really need to make sure that you're focusing on your best customers. Now, but some customers might just be having a bad day. Yes. So there's there's a difference between, between you know, customer that's having a bad day and someone who is having what seems like a bad day all the time. Yes, right? repeated bad days. You know, I, I remember not too long ago, I went to pick up something at Shoppers Drug Mart, and I felt, and I apologized to her afterwards, the lady at the post office thing, I had to, I had to pay a another fee mm-hmm. on top of it. And I'm like, why would I have to do that? You know, I've already paid this. And she's like, uh, that's just the, you know, the way yep. that it was. And then I felt really bad, but I was the one having the bad day. It had been a series of things. I was having a crappy day and I took it out on her and I felt really, really bad. So that's just a bad day. That's not a bad day. But customer, on the other right? hand, information <laughs> is king, right? Yeah. So if you had known going into the shopper's drug mart that you were going to have yes. to pay a fee, you probably would have been less angry. Or I wouldn't have bought the, the thing in the first sure, place. Sure, Exactly. I, yeah, I, I did not know that I was going to have to do that at all. And I thought the company that I had bought it from would have told me. And the key is, so if I'm if I'm a clerk, I'm going to learn really quickly if I'm dealing with someone who's having a bad day or if they're just maybe a bad customer. Because I'm going to apologize, probably. I'm going to make you an offer and say, look, I'm sorry, I, I can't really do that for you. But what about this? Or mm-hmm. I'll talk to my manager or maybe here's a $20 gift card. And you're going, if you're reasonable, you're going to start to respond to that. Yeah. You're going to start to de-escalate and be like, oh, okay, well, thanks. That would be great. And, you know, it, it happens. But you can immediately tell when 
someone is completely unreasonable. There are some people that have been labeled in certain hotel industries and that sort of thing as as sort of the frequent flyers that every time they stay at a certain hotel chain, they send a complaint email mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. time and they will start to uh, um, blacklist you, I'm sure. So, but, you know, in talking about getting rid of a bad customer because of, you know, the utilization of their resources and just the mental health of the employees, how do you fire a customer, though? It depends on the industry, I think, but I think you do need to be polite as hard as that can be sometimes when communication breaks down to that level. You need to be polite. And I really think that it's good to say things like, you know, uh, I I agree that you shouldn't have to pay for service that doesn't meet your needs and doesn't meet your standards. And, and you actually recommend your competition. You actually <laughs> say, you know, here's a list of other suppliers in the area that, that you might you might want to explore. And, and I really encourage you to do that. And I, I'm, I'm sorry that we were not able to meet your needs mm-hmm. or, or meet your services. And I do think that would be best. And you'll be surprised how many of them will backpedal and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go somewhere else. Well, you know what? It, it really seems like maybe that would be the best for you and for me and my staff because, you know, we, we've we now found that this relationship isn't working mm-hmm. very well for us. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I know p- businesses are sometimes scared about the social media backlash. That's why you need to keep it polite. Never, ever get personal, no matter what that customer has done. Keep it professional. Recommend your competition. End things nicely. Put it in writing if you need to and give it a try. I know lots of businesses it's worked for. There's uh, in this article that you had sent uh, that we'd seen earlier today is what to do about bad customers, how to stop attracting them, how do you break up with them. I think this one too, this make the customer whole, within reason, making the customer whole via full or partial refund can, you know, help you wash your hands of the situation pretty quickly. Like, so giving them something back and maybe getting them on their way. Yeah, you see that with restaurants a lot, yeah. gift yeah, yeah. cards. You know, yeah. I've, I've been with people who've raised a concern and weren't even trying trying to get a refund and the manager's immediately like, here's a gift card or hey, I'll, I'll pay for your supper. So sorry you had that experience. Chances are that person's going to come back yeah. again and they're not going to immediately go on social media and bash that business. So saying you're sorry and giving a small token or a refund yep. goes a long way. So how do you keep the bad customers away in the first place? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I don't know. I think you look to recognize them and I do think that it's important with some industries to, as we always say, get everything in writing. That protects the business too, right? Yep. And it's okay to do a little research you can businesses can research their customers too especially in some industries you can find out a lot about someone and are they telling the truth and do they pay their bills you can talk to other people in the industry um you'd be surprised um a little bit of research goes a long way you know it's interesting though i said information's king when it comes to your experience a lot of times these days people will go to website to get the questions answered or to see to set their expectations and I find some websites and some businesses completely unmanageable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I can't get simple answers to simple questions like, what's your phone number? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And, and by the time you've spent a half an hour trying to locate a number or something, you're already uh-huh. angry. Now you become that bad customer. As some good information on your website, some great information in your advertising would help alleviate some of these problems. It's true. Yeah, no, this is interesting because one of the things here, you know, make sure your market marketing is accurate. Sometimes bad customers are simply frustrated mm-hmm. and confused and they lash out at you. So make sure that on your sites, whatever, that it's the information is there. If, if your message, that your message ma- matches with what you're putting out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And then from a customer perspective, really, 
really. I mean, I feel like I have to say it. Remember that uh, person you're dealing with probably didn't uh, design the website and probably doesn't own the company. <laughs> yes, yes. Try and keep that in mind and be a little bit reasonable when dealing with them. All righty. Julie Matthews joining us for our monthly segment, which we, I don't think we've ever come up with a name for this, which you're going to have no, to do we this. should. We should. But uh, thank you for this. Bad customers and, and scams targeting businesses. Uh, we'll uh, get some information up for you on our website as well. It's Julie Matthews. We'll talk to you next month. Thanks, everyone. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.